0: Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B, and advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply.
1: Can you see it?
2: Did you know
3: but the puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! Moments notice.
4: Head on sleep. Here, like I don't, I will not <laughs> cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing
3: to the Canucks. By, hold my Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in and balanced it. Wow,
2: really? we should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What our, Thurl steals, cutting play in, play shoots, scores.
4: Hello, Canucks fans. Welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation, presented by the great folks at Parallel 49 Brewing. My name is David Quadrelli, and thank you for joining us this week for episode number 73, where we will be joined later by Brogan Rafferty. Joining me now is my co-host, Chris Faber. Quad's going off the script
3: on episode 73. I had to, I had to. It can't be the same intro every week. Yeah, I know you got to mix it up. And Yeah, you mentioned Brogan Rafferty coming on the show. We're about to sit down with him with an interview. Um, do you have any questions that stick out That you want to throw his way? Well, I'm going to ask him about that shift he had with Quinn Hughes I'm
4: very, I'm looking forward to it Because, you know, people on Twitter were talking about it when it happened And I, I'm sure he was just out on a line change Like, they weren't paired together yeah. But when, you know, they were both uh, getting their feet wet In the NHL, so to speak And he got, like, he got a Extended period of time with Hughes because he got stuck on a line changer. Hughes did I'm not sure I'll pr- I'll ask him about it. It's the joy of having him on the show. Yeah, uh, definitely going to ask him about that for sure. Uh, and I'm going to ask him if he's been keeping up with Hughes's season and like what he's seen from him. So in you're the basically
3: just going to ask him about Quinn Hughes? For no, <laughs> no, no. There's a lot more that we have to get
4: into. Yeah,
3: well, we've uh we have a lot to get into this episode. There's actually some news. Uh, some Canucks there news is. in the past We've week. is. We've been
4: starving for news, and it came out all this morning when we're recording the show. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so the main thing is Jim Benning went on 6.50 this morning on the morning show, and the main, I guess the main thing is that Jacob Markstrom's healthy, and if the Canucks were playing games right now, which they're not, in case you didn't know, uh, Jacob Markstrom would be starting those games. So that's really good because the Canucks would have their MVP back uh If and when the season starts up again, if the playoffs start up again, everything's still up in the air. This is another episode of the Corona Cast. We don't really know what's going to happen. We are hoping there's going to be hockey soon, but we're also hoping that this pandemic ends
3: sooner rather than later. I'm still holding out that I do think there's going to be hockey. I'm still thinking that it's going to be played at some point. Because like, what would it be like not giving away the Stanley Cup? But anyways, I I think the idea you know, that we want to talk about here is the Jacob Markstrom situation. The fact that he's healthy and yeah, like Jim Benning said, uh, this is his quote, uh, Markstrom done. Markstrom's done. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Markstrom's done his rehab. Uh, if we were playing right now, he was scheduled to play this weekend. He's ready to go. If we were playing this weekend, they're not. So that's, <laughs> I wonder how many end stuff we had to take out of that quote to put it on there. Cause Jim Benning loves talking about his stuff. He does. Interviews. And like, he says <laughs> I, like more than I used to when we were, when we do the podcast that you say like all the time. That's the hardest thing to get rid of saying like, and now that you've said it, I'm going to say it so much because now it's in my head, but that's like the hardest thing about podcasting. It's not saying like,
4: and finding, you know, you have absolutely like yeah. finding your thing that you say all the time 100%. that nobody wants to hear like me going, but yeah. No, but yeah, like that doesn't make any sense, Dave. Like, what are you saying? So I, uh,
3: I've been cutting back on those for sure. Okay, so Markstrom's healthy; he would have been back right now. Um, I know that that's you know obviously if you want to take positives out of this shutdown in the NHL, this is the biggest one. Hundred um, percent. The Canucks were the Canucks were in a tough spot with uh, Thatcher Demko. We all wanted to see him get an opportunity to go on a run and be the starter, but it wasn't really working out great at the start. Um, I think he, he turned a corner a little bit yeah, uh, in was, the last was, couple games. He
4: was coming into his own. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's good to have Markstrom back. It for really sure is. I mean,
3: he's the team MVP Um, up to this point of the year. I think that if, you know, if the season ends right now, he is the team's MVP, even if he missed a handful of games multiple times this year for different reasons. um, But now that he's healthy and coming back, like, that's the Canucks team that I wanted to see in the playoffs. And I know that, you know, the timeline would have, been there where he would have been back for the playoffs and been healthy, but now that he's got some time to to really get back into the groove of hockey. Like, I, I've heard a lot of people throw around the idea that there's going to be like a mini training camp before they get back to playing hockey because, like I said, I'm 100% in the mindset. I don't even want to start to believe that this season's over. Um, I think that they're going to be back playing hockey, whether it's in July or eight weeks from now or, you know, even longer from now. I just, I really hope that they end up playing hockey and finishing off the season. And now that Markstrom's healthy, that's huge because he's. It's weird, he's not the best player on the Vancouver Canucks, but he's the most important player on the Vancouver Canucks, I think.
4: Yeah, yeah, that's that's a fair statement. But I ask you this, Chris. Like, man, we we both want to see hockey. Like I wanna see hockey just as much as you do. Mm -hmm. But the NHL seems like they're hell bent on making sure that they play a full eighty two games next year. And depending what you do with this season, that may not be doable. So I wonder, like, don't nobody knows how long this is gonna take is my point. Yeah, you're right. Um so Man, like again, we talked about this last week. Like, if you have to cut the rest of the regular season and start the playoffs immediately, I hundred percent think you do that over playing a few more games to get everybody to seventy two games or whatever the highest team is at. I think a hundred percent you go right into playoffs in yeah if, if in it's hopes. that
3: versus cutting the whole season yeah and the playoffs yeah. But I think that you still need to get to a point where. Teams have played the even amount of games, or you go by point percentage. That's the most fair way. Uh, whatever teams you know are kind of battling for a playoff spot right now, like the idea has been tossed around about a mini tournament. Obviously, this is going to be longer than we thought. It's not just going to be two weeks of downtime in hockey. It's going to be longer than that. Uh, you know, it's, I've heard some people say it could be up to eight. Could be longer than that, depending on this. Like nobody knows. You're right, nobody knows. But I think that. I think you just need to get to that point of playing the even amount of games. It's going to suck if a team's already played. I think 72, maybe a team has 73, but I think 72 is the most games played by an NHL team right now. Get everyone to that number if you want, or you have to do points percentage. Either way, the Canucks are in the playoffs. So like having Jacob Markstrom come back is so huge. The expect that he's healthy and you know, this extra time off is going to be great for him to get back into it. I mean, you know, like, A lot of the Canucks players are still hanging around Vancouver. We saw the hilarious video that Elias Pettersson put out. Like, that was so fun. You want to talk about that for a second? Like, that's some content Oh, yeah, that's a
4: good one. So it's the video of him uh, with the golf trick shots, and he's hitting golf balls, like he's chipping them on his balcony or whatever, right into a cup. And uh, the comments were what got me. Like, Brock Besser was like, excuse me, what is this? And then uh horvat was like P- haters will say it's fake hashtag yeah. he's
3: just that good and to <laughs> goes are you bored pd <laughs> yeah. pd is like i feel like he's made for tiktok like he's gonna be blowing up on tiktok similar to al murdoch i've been loving that like obviously not a lot of hockey's coming out right now and i heard the uh espn the is coming back this weekend so you get to watch all those crazy sports on uh tsn hopefully this week i hope it's on tsn because like they might as well pick up something uh, but Al Murdoch, uh, his goal calls that he's doing—that's been a lot of fun. He's blowing up on TikTok because of that. Uh, well deserved. Al Murdoch's one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. Such a beauty. Such a beauty. Came in here to the show a few weeks ago. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. Is he? Yeah. He's a friend of TTP show. He's, he said he wouldn't even do our intros. Well, because he can't. Because he's contract. <laughs> he's uh he's obliged not to. Yeah, that's true. He agreed with the TTP boys, and I I respect that because I was on their show a few weeks ago actually as well, hanging out with Bowman. Um, but yeah, Al Murdoch's doing the goal calls. He's doing it for you know anybody that wants to get a goal call in. I'm I'm really surprised though that he didn't start out with the Bo Horvat. Like that's, I know that's his thing. That's his yeah. famous call right now with this current team because there's not really a lot of nicknames that he throws out there. Bo Horvat's the one. And if
4: you want to find out how he came up with that nickname, go check out our Patreon because our interview with him is on there, and he goes in depth of when. Yeah, I know, right? When he came up with that and how he came up with it. We had a really good interview with him again. That's on our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash Canucks Convo. Five or ten dollar tier will get you that interview.
3: Speaking of the Patreon, um, so we have Brogan Rafferty coming on the show. Normally, that's the type of thing that we put behind the paywall. But uh, there's a lot going on with people's jobs being yeah, lost exactly. and stuff. We're not going to make you guys cough up money to watch uh, to listen to that one. We're going to do some bonus stuff for our Patreon listeners. Uh, we're going to just do that after the show. We're going to do another shooting it uh, with favor and Quads yeah, is the yeah, way to say it. That's so fun. I love those. <laughs> yeah, we're going to do another one of those on the Patreon. Uh, see how long that goes. But you guys are going to get the full Brogan Rafferty interview this time instead of just a, a kind of teaser of it like we normally put out here. Um, so moving on, there was a, some other conversation that Jim Banning had. He talked about a lot of stuff on 650, which was good he because did, yeah. we were craving anything. Um, so he went out and he kind of talked about the contract with Judd Brackett. And here's the quote from him. I'll let you do this. You're hosting this one.
4: <laughs> so he said, we're continuing to talk to Judd. We've offered him an extension. We're continuing to have those talks. Once we have something, we'll announce
3: it. And stuff. And uh, stuff. But uh, yeah, this is great news. Uh, obviously, like, this this was a Pretty heated conversation about Judd Brackett maybe a month ago or so now. maybe Yeah, longer. yeah. And I think a lot of people were worried that, you know, another team is going to come snatch up Judd Brackett, who's uh, incredibly valuable to the Vancouver Canucks organization, especially the front office staff. So the fact that they're, you know, getting closer, maybe, they're continuing to talk. Like, he didn't really say that they have gotten closer, but I think continuing to talk is good news. Because, you know, as long as it's not bad news, that's good news for the Canucks right now with Judd Brackett.
4: Yeah, 100%. And, you know, the thing I... Uh... I like is he didn't say if we have something to announce. He said when we have something to announce. Right, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, which is you know, they're gonna have something to announce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm very excited. I think I I really think Judd Brackett's gonna stay with the organization. Like whatever they're offering him, just double it.
3: Who cares? Sure. Yeah. I mean, he's <laughs> he's incredibly valuable. Uh, he's underrated as a listener of the show knows. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I mean, like he's, yeah, you need that kind of guy for a team that's gonna be running into the playoffs for a little bit here in the future. I mean, this core is going to be at that age where they're going to develop into one of the stronger teams. And if you can, you know, I know we don't have a first-round pick in one of these upcoming drafts, but if you can snag some players in, like, the 20 to 25, 26 range, like, those players can be so beneficial to your team in the end. Like, those – if you can get some steals in the late first round they are going to be impact players, like, within one or two years, and you add those type of players to a team that's already a playoff contender – like that's an underrated thing about what some of these GMs do to keep your team good. Like, look at some teams that go on playoff runs where they're in the playoffs for you know ten plus years in a row because they're they keep filling up you know the the cupboards with more prospects. And the Canucks when they were on that run in 2011-2010, they just didn't have anything to back up what they had on their current team, right? They didn't have any players in the minors that were going to be impactful. They didn't have any draft picks that ended up panning out. But if you can do that with some of these later first round picks, and Judd Brackett's going to be a huge reason for that. And the other thing is, Judd Brackett's kind of skill is in the NCAA, right? He's great with his American players. If he continues to go out there, and we're going to talk about the two signings that they did earlier this week, for sure we're going to get into them uh, after the Brogan Rafferty interview. But um, you know what? Yeah, let's just get to it right now. Brogan Rafferty's ready to rock, so we're going to get to that. We're going to talk about the signings after. Uh, we're excited about Jacob Marshall being healthy. We're excited about Judd Brackett possibly signing soon, and Quads is hosting, so he's going to send us into this interview.
4: All right, here is Brogan Rafferty. Alright guys, joining us now is Utica Comets defenseman Brogan Rafferty. First off, Brogan, how's your self-isolating doing? How are you doing?
2: I'm doing well. I'm kind of anxious to get back into the season, but um, this is an important time to self-isolate and uh, try to stay healthy, and more importantly, try to keep others healthy and staying away from them. So uh, it's not going too bad right now. I'm just, just enjoying time with family and trying to stay in shape. So hopefully if the season picks up again later on in the pe- the coming weeks that I'm ready to go and ready to pick up where I left off.
4: Yeah, so we'll, we'll talk about the ho- hockey, not just the virus. Uh, so 38 assists for you on the season. What do you think helped you transition so well from the college game and find success at the AHL level?
2: Uh, well, I think I've always been kind of a pass-first kind of player. Um, I enjoy setting up my teammates and, having them score the goals and being a part of that but the transition from college to hot uh to pro i think i had a really good off season and uh, i was training out at school at quinnipiac and we had a lot of a lot of pro hockey players who graduated from quinnipiac uh come back and we were all training together and just a really good off season for me and i think uh obviously in utica playing with very high-end players and the coaching staff putting me in very good situations I I kind of just took advantage of my opportunity and and it's worked out really well I from uh looking back at what's going on in Utica this season I I'm pretty happy with what happened in Utica and I attribute that to playing with very good teammates and the coaching staff putting me in great situations
3: yeah absolutely and you know you got the all the assists are pretty impressive broken but uh, we saw a lot of your your kind of skating up the ice from behind the net. It seems like once you caught some speed, like none of the defenders could even stop you on a couple plays this year.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not the fastest player. Um, that's kind of why I, I switched to defense when I was a a teenager. When I was a uh, I was playing forward, I switched to defense because I I wasn't the fastest player. But when I got ahead of steam, I could I can kind of use my agility and my creativeness to. To open up space for other players and and create plays and uh, i think that's kind of what you were seeing a little bit when i would round the net and, and and take ice when playing for utica so that's not the fastest player but you have to make the most of what you're given and that's kind of just what i did
3: well you looked like the fastest player on that shorthanded goal against hartford this year what was it like because uh we were just watching it and the celly on your face i don't think i've seen a bigger smile all season from you
2: <laughs> yeah I, I usually don't show much emotion after I uh score goals or something like that but that was a pretty special goal for me and um the <laughs> funny story the the defender that I I did that to is actually a good buddy of mine he's a Chicago boy Joey keen and I hate to drop his name here and <laughs> uh, and kind of embarrass him a little bit but um no he's he's a great buddy of mine he's a really really good hockey player he's He's going to have a really long and great career, but I mean, that maybe me just add a little bit. I mean, that's probably why I did the move <laughs> in the first place was because he is one of my buddies and I just, you know, you try to show up, <laughs> show 100%. up your buddies every now and then. But, uh, no, I mean, that it was a pretty special goal for me and obviously that doesn't happen often, if at all for me. And, uh, I wanted to make the most of it. So it was, uh, I was lucky that i pulled it off and that it went so well and i was i mean the celebration kind of showed that
4: (laughs) awesome man! that's awesome man uh what were your expectations jumping into professional hockey
2: honestly like coming into the year here i wanted to just first of all i just wanted to dress for every game i i didn't want to be healthy scratched um and i wanted to try to make an impact every night i wanted to to come in and use my abilities that i knew I, that i had and play with confidence and not try to be too intimidated by the by the opposition and honestly i think uh my upbringing and my kind of my underdog story not really following or knowing who other players were that i was playing against Like knowing the hype behind the players and stuff like that i think that kind of helped me like I would just go out and play. I wouldn't worry about, oh, who was on the other team, and, oh, this guy scored so many points in junior, or this guy had this many points last year. Like, I literally didn't have much idea about any other guys on the other team, besides the college boys on the yeah. other team. So, that kind of helped me just go out there and play. Well, that's um, awesome. Just try to apply the pressure instead of feeling it. So, that's yeah. just kind of my mindset behind it.
3: No doubt. Well, you know, that's kind of interesting, because, like, you played with a lot of these guys in the NCAA, or played against them, I guess. But, Like when was it when you were kind of like first approached by the Vancouver Canucks? When did you know that they were kind of interested in you?
2: Um, My freshman year of college, I I had a really good start to the year, and um, they they showed interest in me early. And their collegiate scouts on the East Coast approached me a couple times after some games in in my freshman year, and I knew they were interested. And then throughout my years at Quinnipiac, they they kept pursuing me and kept showing interest and and it was pretty genuine, and it was straight up, and it was authentic, so I really appreciated that aspect of it. and That's kind of that attributed to the uh, the ultimate decision of signing with Vancouver.
3: I wonder uh, if it's much to do in that last year in the USHL. You, you didn't put up a ton of points, I guess, in your USHL season, but you in the playoffs, you ripped it up. You had three goals in ten games. Uh, do you want to just talk about what was it like? Because we've talked about a lot of players uh, from the USHL, but you're I haven't talked to a Bloomington Thunder yet
2: yeah i mean since then they've they've obviously folded and they're not they're <laughs> they are, they're no longer a program anymore but i think that year for me was probably the biggest year of my development in terms of confidence and, and just developing as a player i i came from obviously the north american hockey league where you kind of have to grind it out and, and work your way for a college scholarship and i did that and committed to quinnipiac and then i i stayed an extra year for my age out year for bloomington and had a really good year played with some really good players and, and just kind of got that confidence and that maturity and another year I playing defense and that, I looking back at uh, the past like five or six years that was probably my biggest year for the biggest step I took I think was um, I think obviously for for me last summer was the biggest step I've taken in my career but before that it was it was the year in bloomington hmm.
4: So what do you think those two games at the end of the 2018-19 season, the two games you got in with the Canucks, what did they uh, teach you about what you needed to improve to take that next step?
2: Yeah, like I said, I mean, um, I, I, I think this summer was the biggest step for me in my career. And I think a lot of that had to do with those two games that I played with Vancouver at the end of the year, not only with the confidence and and learning how the, the pro game is, but just the familiarity with the systems and the staff and how they want to play and just the comfortability of everything. Cause you play, you play way better when you, for me, when I play way, way better when I'm more confident and, and I'm familiar with what the coaches expect of me and, and what the players are doing every shift and, and where they are on the ice. So just knowing that I can play at the NHL level with those two games that i was given by Vancouver at the end of the year was that kind of just motivated me and and catapulted cannabald, me into the uh into the season this year so I mean I can't say enough about how big those two games were with Vancouver
4: yeah another guy who got his feet wet at the same time as you was Quinn Hughes and you were actually out there for a shift with Quinn Hughes um I think maybe one of you got stuck stuck out there but you spent a lot of time in the offensive zone and Canucks fans on Twitter definitely took notice, and uh, people were throwing together the Rafferty Hughes pairing right away because you guys looked really good out there when you were out there together.
2: Yeah, I think uh, I think Hughes he got he might have got caught out there a bit because he was <laughs> the left defenseman on the shift, and and the right defenseman would have been the first one to change since they're since they're closest to the bench. But either way, it was it was a pre- I remember that shift very vividly. Um, had a couple of very good offensive scoring opportunities and. Obviously a player like him, it's pretty special to play with him. And uh two college boys kind of patrolling the blue line there a little bit. Um no, but he's a he's an amazing player and in that shift I definitely remember it and I will remember it for the rest of my life and uh <laughs> it was pretty cool. That was one of the moments I remember from from my two games that I have.
4: Yeah, there was Canucks fans definitely remember that one too. I'll have you know for sure. Uh how much have you been keeping up with his rookie season?
2: With uh Hughes's rookie year?
0: Yeah.
2: Oh, I, yeah, I mean, how can you not keep up with it? It's all over uh social media. I mean, the guy's he's a phenomenal hockey player. He's a great guy off the ice. We got to know each other a bit on over the summer and then in training camp and he's uh he's a very humble guy. He's Obviously what he does on the ice speaks for itself, but off the ice he's he's very humble and uh, honestly if you talk to him face to face he would just act like a normal guy. He wouldn't act like he's a an NHL All Star. Um, so uh, he's a really good guy and his rookie season is <laughs> it's remarkable and I'm I'm not surprised at all. Like he's a he's a special player and we knew that the whole summer and he just he's lived up to expectations and surpassed that.
3: Yeah, and I mean, you know, Quinn, he's obviously a high draft pick. I guess, you know, maybe I guess like you mentioned, he didn't really surprise people. But Brogan, you have surprised probably the most amount of Canucks fans this year. Uh, f- like you mentioned, 45 points, the seven goals this year in your rookie season. I mean, you're also a, an, an AHL All-Star. Uh, what was it like for you just kind of coming in as a rookie and getting that kind of experience? Yeah, it
2: was great. I mean, those two games with Vancouver helped me a lot, and then, kind of rolling in the offseason, I had that confidence that I can that I can play at the level and I can make an impact, and I just kind of carried that confidence through training camp and made some good impressions, and, um, you know, the, the writing was kind of on the wall, on the wall with what they had going, going into the training camp with the players they acquired, and, and I was okay with that. I knew I was going to get some decent playing time in Utica, but I don't think anyone expected what, what's happened thus <laughs> yeah. far in Utica but um, I guess as my season progressed with Utica and you know the production and, and the whole the whole spiel kinda happened, I, I got confidence and I'm like, okay, well I can play at this level and I can be an impact player and yeah. I just kinda took the role that was given to me and uh, you know it, it also comes with some desire. Like I, I wanted to be an impact player at at this level and um, I think I've I've proven that, and uh I've had a lot of good players by my side to help me out, and it's just you know it hasn't been hasn't been bad. I mean, I've, <laughs> I don't, I don't really know what to say without trying to attribute it to my teammates and and my yeah. coaching staff for putting, me, for putting me in that situation because not every player gets. Gets put in the situation that I was
3: in. Yeah, I think you know you talk about the situation that you're put in. I mean, the one of the roles where you've really excelled is on that power play, and you know it, it seems like you look at the skill that's surrounding you. It seems like almost anybody could go in there and get that much like points. I mean, you guys, you got guys like Reed uh, Reed Boucher, Sven Berchi, Nikolai Goldobin, Cole Lynn, Like, what's it like for you at the HL being on you know one of the best power plays we've seen in the league right now?
2: Yeah, that's what I mean about putting like I've been put in a situation where I can give it to the top goal scorer in the league, or I can give it to, (laughs) I mean, Barachie or Goldobin or, or Cole Lind, who are phenomenal players. I mean, (laughs) uh, Goldie and Sven are just, they're proven NHLers and they should be playing in the NHL right now, in my opinion. And to be able to give the puck to, to be able to choose between uh, (laughs) those players is, is not a bad problem to have. So, like I said, the situation that I was put in was a blessing. And I mean, it just it kind of um, took my confidence to another level, five-on-five five and four-on-four and, four and so on, and uh, just kind of use that to my advantage for the rest of the year.
3: Yeah, well, that's incredible. That's, I guess, where the confidence comes from. And, you know, that's I, I talked about that with Cole Lynn. We had him on the show a couple of weeks ago. I talked to him at training camp as well, um, and, you know, he was kind of, like the quote that he gave me was he was pissed off about his rookie season and he made sure the offseason he was going to work his ass off and get back to the AHL and have a good year. I wonder what it was like for you because you talk about those two games that you played at the NHL level, but what were you kind of thinking about like all offseason coming into the season? Like what did you want to prove this year when you came in?
2: obviously I wanted the team out of training camp but uh like I said earlier the writing was on the wall with they acquired some great some great defensemen over the over the summer that improved their team drastically and um I kind of had no problem with that like they had to do what they had to do and they kind of saw me as a project um a couple years down the road going into training camp which was fine but I was happy with my training camp i thought i left a a positive impression on the the coaching staff and the management and um obviously like the mentality that cole has that he was pissed off he was pissed off because of his rookie year yeah and i mean i i use that mentality of um you know like they don't think you're good enough so you go down and i think that i could speak for every player who doesn't make it out of training camp you want to go down and and try to prove to them wrong and and do the best you can to, to get back up. And that's just kind of the mentality of most hockey players. Like they want to, they want to prove everyone wrong and they want to get to that next level. So I think me and Cole share that same trait. And uh, obviously he's had an amazing, amazing second season. It's been pretty special to see how confident he's become and um, how dominant he has on the ice at the AHL level. And I think, if the season were to progress, uh, without this virus, like if this virus never happened, like you would see Vancouver fans would see him in some games. Absolutely. Coming down the stretch here.
3: Yeah. I just, you know, it's too bad. Cause like I was watching you guys at the start of the year and just seeing like when your guys' offense was clicking, like it seemed like there was no AHL team that could keep up with you guys. Did it feel like that in the room as well?
2: Yeah, that's, I mentioned that earlier and I think I did an interview, uh, after practice or something like that, they are asking us, like, when we were 8-0 to start the year. And then we kind of hit that slump. And I I was like, I I think when we're at our best in Utica here, I think there's no team in the league that I wouldn't put us up against. Like, we could could beat any team in the league. Like, we have the weapons, we have the, you know, the goaltending and the defensive structure to to probably win a Calder Cup. And I meant that. And I still do. I still believe that. And if the season resumes here, we'll see what happens. But um, I don't know. I mean, Vancouver fans have a really good reason to be surprised. Uh, Very excited about the upcoming, upcoming seasons.
3: Yeah, and you know, just from you guys seeing what you guys have been able to do at the HL level, it seems like Vancouver fans kind of like got more invested, you know, because you guys have a lot of prospects down there in Utica that maybe we haven't seen over the past couple of years, but you just mentioned them a little bit, uh, your goaltending that you have, and you know, Mikey's really taken over the starting role, especially after you guys traded away Zane, but uh, I just, I'm just i wondering because like it seems like out of all the improvements we've seen, obviously you took a huge jump. Cole's another guy who's taking a huge jump, but I wonder if Mikey's the guy who's taking the biggest jump. I mean, it seems like he's really worked his way into that starters role this year.
2: I honestly, I think he has. I I was interviewed earlier in the year, and someone asked me about who's the most exciting prospect, and I said Mikey. Yeah. And uh, that was probably tenor season, and I could just tell, like you can tell by his work ethic and. Uh, his desire to want to be to want to be great, and he wants to save every puck, and he never gives up on a play. and And Zane did a great job, and and Baki did a great job too. Like yeah. with with mentoring him and kind of showing him the ropes. And Mikey's, to be frank, he's kind of taken over. Obviously, yeah. like we traded away Zane, and Zane's doing great things in Binghamton and stuff like that. And I wish him all the best. Like he's a great goaltender, but like Mikey is he's a stud and like he's he's the past like before the season stopped like the past five or six games he's been our rock oh, like man. maybe maybe even more than that like he's absolutely stood on his head and like sometimes we'll lose the game and it's completely our fault it's not our goaltending so mm-hmm. i mean that that kid is an absolute stud uh, <laughs> he's very young and he's, he's gonna be good for a long time so if, excited about Mickey right now
3: yeah it seems like uh, he doesn't get along with anyone though that's what it looks like
2: <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't catch that last part what'd you
3: sorry it, it seems like he doesn't get along with anyone though and I'm being <laughs> I'm being very <laughs> sarcastic here.
2: I don't know he's a very friendly guy like everyone in the room loves him
3: what'd you uh, what'd you think of his bachelor reviews that he was doing
2: I thought they were pretty accurate. I mean, we would talk about it in the locker room because most of the guys watch them, whether you have a girlfriend who drives you into it or not. But uh, <laughs> no, most of the guys watch it, and and every uh, every Tuesday morning we would talk about it in the locker room. So we would see his reviews on Twitter, and we would talk. And then I would come in the locker room on Tuesday and give him a hard time about it. But I agree with most of uh, most of what he was saying. It was, it was pretty funny, but. Uh, and it's just another locker room kind of thing
4: to talk about yeah, we, we do have to ask you about The Bachelor We asked Cole Lind about it when he was on the show earlier uh, We actually asked him like <laughs> right before the finale Who he thought he was going to win And you know, like I don't know about you But personally, both Cole and I said that it was going to be Madison Chris doesn't watch The Bachelor But like I was all over that I thought it was going to be Madison
2: Yeah, Cole might have been a bit biased Because uh, some of the boys did a Bachelor draft and Cole picked Madison first overall in the first round. Oh, he was telling so,
4: us about that. That he, yeah, that was yeah. Like, yeah, that was his horse in the race. Right from so the start. They,
2: so I, I actually wasn't allowed in the draft because I, my fiance knows about the the um the spoiler, the spoiler account on Twitter reality <laughs> So I am very well aware of like what was happening before the season even started. So anyway, so Cole picked it pick Madison so he was pretty biased about her um, I thought she was going to win as well I thought the whole thing about his mom talking oh bring her back whatever it was about Madison yeah plot, plot twist it was about Hannah Ann which was pretty interesting because you know, the, the whole uh, pretty bad season to be honest like I I thought Peter's mom made a fool of herself and kind of blew up the whole thing between Peter and Matt I think she was Threatened by Madden Hutt with how saved in her morals and how strong of a woman she was. But
4: <laughs> Yeah, I mean no, Hannah that's Ann That's a good review. That's a great review.
2: <laughs> I uh, I respected Hannah Ann more than I ever did during the whole show <laughs> when she lit up Peter for breaking off the engagement. Like oh, when 100%. she showed when she showed some strength and like some some independence and, and kind of stood up for herself got broke i totally agree with everything she said like that i respected her a lot like both girls were were great options i think if i was in peter's situation i would have probably not proposed to hannah Ann. i would have i would have gone but um that's reality tv and that's why they keep <laughs> bringing us back every season right
4: yeah exactly yeah like we were talking about it and yeah, I think Peter was really he, he lost the season. Like I that was it was a bad season because it just like Peter Peter blew it. That you, there's no other way to say it.
2: I couldn't believe how, how upset Peter's mom was that he broke it off with Mad with Hannah and he wanted to pursue Madison. Like Madison was at the first one on one with Peter's parents when they renewed their vows. That's a pretty intimate moment and yeah. like they had, they seem to get along very well and stuff like that, and the fact that Peter's mom was so upset at the end about it was just kind of I think that was more t v than it was reality, like what she actually was feeling, but I don't know, I mean <laughs> the show sucks, but I'll watch it next season, whatever
3: <laughs> yeah you you mentioned earlier that you know some of the girlfriends kind of force force their guys to watch it. You sound like one of the guys that just goes out and watches on his own, bro <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, I actually. I've watched i've been I've been dating my fiance before we got engaged for two years and I watched uh last season The Bachelorette with Hannah and then I watched this season so those these are the only two seasons I've watched, but I mean I've kind of picked up on you know what's b s and what isn't and <laughs> and kind of what's going on so I kind of have a good nose for that so I just kind of like to voice my input among the locker room and then mm-hmm. when asked i'll I'll voice my opinion.
3: Okay, so the final thing I want to ask before we get off this Bachelor talk here is, um, uh, what's your thoughts on Bachelor in Paradise?
2: Oh Mike, I watched. I actually watched half of a season. I think it was last summer. Yeah, obviously with my fiance, it's just a disaster. Like it's <laughs> like if you're if you're a I guess if you're a single guy and you want to go on, like it's a great way to become famous and whatever, maybe. Hook up with some with some girls or something like that, but it's just—it's a mess. I don't know. It's 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 a mess. It's just a way for the show, I think, for them to bring in viewers and money for the the off season, I guess, in between Bachelor and Bachelorette.
3: Yeah. So I don't know if you're going back and
2: that is that's a disaster. Like a new person walks down the stairs and then they just (laughs) drop everything. They they drop everything they have with the the one they've been talking to for four weeks and (laughs) they pursue another girl. It's just.
3: <laughs> it sound like honestly it's such a great concept for a TV show though. Like it's it's gonna create great content.
2: Yeah, for T V it's amazing. Yeah. Just I could, if I was in that situation I would be mortified. Oh yeah, it's
3: brutal. It's definitely television. Uh what else yeah. like what else are you keeping busy with? Are you a video game guy or what are you keeping up uh with like no hockey going on right now?
2: I'm really not a video game guy. Like, I, I don't play video games at all. Like, mm. literally, I bought, I'm funny story, I bought an Xbox at the beginning of the season because <laughs> after leaving college, I, I got my degree, so I didn't have to do any more school, yeah. and I thought I would, like, Call of Duty with the boys or, like, with my brothers, something like that, and I never did. Like, I literally have an Xbox sitting in my apartment, and it's, like, I haven't played it in months. So I'm not a big I'm not a big video game guy. I'll watch people play video games, but I'm no. not. I I'll play I'll play if like it's the only thing to do. But if, for me, keeping busy is just like spending time with like my family and f- just doing stuff. I'd rather like go outside. Obviously, I can't really do much of that right now. <laughs> but like just I don't know, just hanging out with the boys and like when my fiance works, like I go play I go play cards with some of the boys. Like when yeah.
3: It's, I guess it's pretty tough, man. Especially like I, I'm just kind of assuming that everybody's playing video games right now, so it must be really tough for you.
2: I mean, yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, me and my fiance actually went to the beach today, so it wasn't nice. bad. But uh, <laughs> it was 85 degrees here in Virginia. Shoot, my fiance's from Virginia Beach, so oh, nice. Um, yeah, it's. I, I mean, I might get more into video games, but I just like the. Kind of be in the moment, and spend time with family and friends, and kind
3: of enjoy their company. Yeah, no doubt. Well, I mean, if, if we can get back to hockey somehow here, just like for for a little bit, that was quite the bachelor yeah, run there. Yeah, but, uh, uh, so I'm curious because, like, you you obviously you quarterback that power play so well this year. Uh, I'm just wondering, like, did, was that something that you were always good at, or was that something that kind of transitioned from you being a forward, like you mentioned? Uh, well, ever
2: I mean, ever since I switched to uh, defense, I've been in that that point power play position and um as long as i can remember in triple a junior and then college now professional i've i've literally been in the same spot on the power play the entire time i have not switched spots I, I <laughs> coaches seem to like me there and like to see my my passing and occasionally my shooting ability so um that's just something i i guess i was gifted with so <laughs> You know the vision and the passing ability, so um, I'm open to I'm open to move spots and kind of shuffle it around. But for the meantime, I'm I'm putting that position. And I'm going to do the best that I can.
3: No doubt. And you know, last year I guess because it wasn't wasn't the best season for the Utica Comets, and I know that Trent Call. You know, took a lot of heat that year, and it seems like this year he's bounced back. A lot of Canucks fans are, you know, starting to actually support Trent Cole because we're seeing that what he's doing with you young players. Uh, do you want to just talk about what your coach has meant to you this year a little bit?
2: Yeah, I think he's done a really good job of kind of assessing how our team is and that we are a more skilled group and we have a lot of talent within our lineup. And he's he's done a really good job of adapting uh, the way he coaches us and uh, not necessarily saying that he. He lifts his foot off the gas, and in terms of, um, you know, in terms of toughness and and getting honest about mistakes, he just he encourages us to make plays in, in tight areas and, and just occasionally limit our turnovers in the crucial areas of the ice. But he's done a really good job this season. I think is his biggest adaptation from last year, from what I can, from what I can uh, pick up. he's just assessed how his team is assembled and adapted to that and coached it in a different way and for that like that deserves uh, some recommendation for uh you know for for some great praise uh he's done a great job with us this year
3: yeah absolutely a couple of a couple of players that almost seem like their coaches out there as well as a couple of leaders on your team uh carter banks obviously your guys is captain and reed boucher what's it like playing with those guys who have been you know professional hockey players for so long now
2: yeah, I mean Banksy. Like, obviously, like, all of our older guys, like our leadership guys, are great guys. Like, those guys have a, a letter on their chest for a reason, and they're they're really good guys. They made the they made the law really comfortable from day one to come into. And as a rookie, and obviously as a rookie, you hang out with other rookies, and we you know we all talk about stuff that's on our minds, and and we all agree like we can collaboratively say that like our leadership group in Utica is great like we have some really solid guys like for Boucher being like one of the most valuable players in the entire league to be for him to be that humble and 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 that like accepting and stuff is is huge for us to come in and just be comfortable and when you're comfortable you are a better player I think you're you're more welcomed into the room, and, and you kind of play your best hockey, and, and Banksy, and Hammy, and Sots, and, and you know the list just goes on and on with the leadership group, and yeah, uh, I can't say enough good things about them.
3: I got I to ask a little bit, because like we, you know, Reed Boucher has been in this organization with the Canucks for a little bit, We we don't really hear much about, like, what's he like off the ice?
2: He's very quiet. He's, he, he's to himself, but it, in, in terms of media, but... Yeah. Uh, amongst the guys he's in the mix of everything he's got his hand in every single pod (laughs) that you can imagine he's a he's a great guy Uh, bus trips and and in the hotel and going out to eat and stuff like that like in the locker room he's a he's a presence and he just he doesn't like to be in the spotlight that much and I think that just kind of attributes to how humble he is for how good of a hockey player he is and like I said, just makes everyone more at ease with, with the whole process of everything. Mm-hmm.
3: Another guy that's you know been in the professional ranks for a little bit, up and down for the NHL, AHL. Uh, Justin Bailey. I just got I've asked you know every comments player has come on the show. Is Justin Bailey the fastest guy in the league?
2: I would say so. I think he's the quickest for yeah. sure. He's the most agile and the quickest. I've seen a couple going to the All Star game. Obviously, I, I, I've seen a couple of really good players he is I'm putting him top three in the league easily like he's he adds so much speed and he just adds such an element to our team when whenever he got called up to Vancouver we were just missing that kind of that aspect that he brings to the game where he can get the puck and just explode past everyone and carry into the zone and just kind of set up players so he's a very valuable asset to have on our team and like off the ice, he's a great guy. Like, he's one of my really good buddies on the team. And, um, like I said earlier, like, we have a lot of guys on our team who can be in the NHL lineup right now. Yep. And I think, I think, I think Bales is usually one of them. Yeah. And obviously, he's had a, a pretty good history of being in the NHL. And I think he should be there pretty shortly.
3: I think a lot of people are thinking the same about you, Brogan, but uh, I want to ask you about uh, Bailey a little bit as well. What was it like that uh, that stretch of four games where he puts up three hat tricks? How much fun was he to be around at that time?
2: It was unbelievable, like I <laughs> I got I got hurt um I I think I got hurt at the beginning of his streak there. Yeah. So I was kind of watching a couple of the games. But it was it was actually unbelievable. Like me like the injured guys and the healthy scratches kind of sit along the glass or whatever and the stands watching the games, and he would score a goal and it would be like, "No way, is it, no way is it going to happen again." And then he would score a second goal, and would be like, "Are you kidding me?" And yeah. then it wouldn't even be—it wouldn't even be like an empty net or it would be like another
0: yeah.
2: even-strength goal. It would like when you're hot, you're hot, I guess. And and he caused fire for that the week or two weeks stretch and it was pretty cool to see and all the credit goes to him. Like he, he works hard and he just found, found a nose for the net at a great time.
3: Yeah. That must've been a hell of a lot of fun to go around with him about that little bit there. That, that stretch <laughs> of gates is ridiculous. I know, uh, Jim Benning was also down for the first hat trick. So nice for him to see that too.
2: Yeah. I mean, it couldn't have happened at a better time for him. <laughs> yeah. No doubt.
3: Um, as, uh, as we're kind of wrapping up here, Brogan, really appreciate you coming on the show here. Um, you know, th- there's a couple things like like Canucks fans have been screaming for you to get to the NHL level. Like, you know, there's a lot of call ups that happen throughout the year. Obviously, you know, some other guys have been called up for certain situations. But I wonder, like, with your mindset going into next year, I, I really hope the HL season isn't over. I want to see you guys get a playoff run. But I wonder, like, is that your main goal? Like, do you want to make the Canucks out of camp? That's going to be the off season workout for you.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously, like it was great to see. Um, all the defensemen in Vancouver were healthy and they were holding on fort really well and they were, they've were they been in playoff c- contention for a while now. So,
0: yeah.
2: I mean, that's what fans want to see. They want to see playoff hockey and they want to see great a great, honest product. So, I was happy as a fan just to see that. But, um, I mean, also the business side, you want to get your opportunity to get called up. But it just wasn't in the cards. It wasn't meant to be for the time being. And, um Obviously, going into training camp next year, I want to make the team. Whether that's uh, some people have to be moved out because of salary cap issues or yep. trade, or you never know what's going to happen because obviously it's a business and, and things happen quickly. Like management could trade for people, and you know it changes everyone's situation. It changes everyone's lives. Yep. So it's not only people's careers that are affected by it; it's people's it's people's lives and where they live with their families. So. Um, you never want to wish anything negative upon a person, even if, even though you're competing against them or competing for their job. Yeah. So, for me, it's it's just kind of taking what's given to me and making the most of it. And that's what I'm gonna do going down the stretch here, going to, into training camp for for next fall. I'm gonna kind of go with a a fire lit under me and and try to earn a spot on the team like I did this year. So it's uh, you know it's business as usual for me and um at the end of the day it's a job and people are competing for jobs so you never want to wish anything negative upon anyone but you want to um obviously strive for the best so that's what i'm going to try to do
3: yeah it's just you know with with the way you were playing this year it's it's you know a lot of people wanted to see you and the fact that this is the one year where a right shot defenseman doesn't go down for the canucks and we actually have a right shot guy in (laughs) AHL that we wanted to see uh canucks fans were screaming for you man i'm sure you saw some of it on social media but um we're excited to see you. Uh, you know, keep working in the off season, keep growing as a player. Uh, we hope that you uh, maybe you will pick up the video games for a little bit here because we're going to be in isolation for a little bit. Uh, but congratulations to you! I know that you just mentioned her a couple times in the interview, but you did get engaged recently. Uh, so, how's the wedding planning coming along for you?
0: <laughs> it's
2: coming along pretty well, especially with this whole isolation thing. <laughs> so, we have uh, we have plenty of time to to plan stuff out. We actually stopped by the venue couple days going our way down to virginia so uh it's been well and uh thanks for having me on guys i really appreciate it
3: yeah you betcha thanks a lot brogan we'll do this again down the road man keep up the good work
2: sounds good thank you guys
3: and thank you to brogan rafferty of your vancouver canucks and utica comments for joining us there for that great conversation uh yeah like i said great conversation with brogan rafferty you know what would go great with that conversation? A great beer from Parallel 49 Brewing Company Beer. Uh, check out their newest beer. It is a double IPA called Troll Juice. There's a flat of that in my house right now. It's been going around the house Because we're in social isolation right now And those liquor stores are getting closed folks But Parallel 49, I believe that they are still open Not the kitchen or the bar or anything But you guys can go pick up some beer from them In their East Van location 1950 Triumph Street Follow them on Twitter for more information Or Instagram Parallel 49 Beer Go out there, it's the best beer In the city of Vancouver In the province of British Columbia And Canada wide I said it, go out and drink some Parallel 49 Beer and Company beer And a huge thank you to
4: Brogan Rafferty for joining us for that conversation. That was a good conversation, wasn't it, Chris? He's awesome, man. Brogan Rafferty's the man. (laughs) Yeah, he's a great dude. Okay, so now we have a little more news to get into. So the first one being that the Canucks have signed 2016 third-round pick Will Lockwood out of Michigan, right? Yeah, out of Michigan. I love how I had to check that. Uh, <laughs> University of Michigan, uh, Will Lockwood, has signed with the Canucks. He has put up some pretty decent numbers. Nine goals this season, uh, 14 assists. But he's suffered some shoulder setbacks, uh, which, as Harmon wrote today, Harmon Dial of The Athletic, that was part of the reason that he chose to sign with the Canucks. He had the option of being a free agent and signing with anybody he wanted, but he chose to sign with the Canucks because apparently the Canucks were really good to him with... Um, his shoulder injury, offering him as much medical advice they could with the NCAA rules obviously in place that would prohibit them from helping as much as they would have liked, I'm sure. Yep. Uh, but yeah, he is now signed.
3: Yeah, it's good. He became the captain of Michigan this year. It was a lot of fun uh, last year watching him play alongside Quinn Hughes. Like, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Cause Qu- that, that pair was like, every time they connected for a goal, it was just like, that was the best Twitter went nuts. The <laughs> best thing about Will Lockwood was when he was hooking up with Quinn Hughes, and it He's probably like, man, I think I saw a lot of people out there with this tape, but he's not even the best signing that they did today. But like, yeah, the thing about Will Lockwood that I like is he's got that type of attitude of a player that you want on your team. He's got that type of attitude of the player that the Canucks have been drafting for the last three or four years. He's got that, that Cole Lind, you know, shove a glove in your face. If you're emotionally invested in a game, you're going to be playing at your best type of player. The only thing is, and I know everyone, like a million different people have said this, it's because it's it's right. Like he... He was playing reckless for a long time. That's why he wasn't able to have some healthy seasons with Michigan. Uh, World Juniors, I believe he got injured in the World Juniors that one year. That's why he ended up playing for uh, for USA because he he came out three games in and took the shoulder. I don't think it was a shoulder injury at the time. Someone with his elbow, I think he broke an arm.
0: Ooh. broke his arm at some point. I think Jeez. in the World Juniors,
3: could be wrong. You fact check me on that, but he definitely got injured in the World Juniors because um, I was excited to watch him play because World Juniors is probably like my favorite time of the year. Um, Will Lockwood's going to be an impactful player in the AHL level. Is Will Lockwood going to be an impactful player at the NHL level? It's going to depend on how impactful he is at the AHL level. So TBA. he's not the type of guy that we should be freaking out about. He's a third-round pick, and it seems like Canucks fans are all super excited for everyone that they draft in the top three <laughs> rounds, which they should be because the Canucks have done a pretty good job with their you know first and second-round picks. Totally. You should be super excited for all the first and second-round picks the Canucks have drafted. Will Lockwood is going to have to prove himself at a pro level. He's going to have to go up against bigger and stronger players than he ever has in his life. And he's going to have to be able to stay healthy against those guys. And the scariest thing for Canucks fans is a player that can't stay healthy because dealt with a lot of those. You're dealing with some of them currently right now. um, And that's the scariest thing about Will Lockwood. He brings a lot of skill. He's, I guess a lot of people have been comparing him to, you know, what a Tyler Mott could be. If Will Lockwood turns out to be a Tyler Mott for a cheaper price, like on an entry level deal, if that's what he's making and he's making, you know, just around $900,000 and he's a guy that can play on your fourth line in two years, excellent. It's an excellent signing, but I don't know if he comes in and makes camp next year, makes a team. But I do want to see him play in Utica, and he makes the comments a lot better, I think, in their top nine.
4: Yeah, I think I agree with you on that. We'll have to talk to Corey Hergut about that on Riding the Corey Bus, which that. is coming up soon. But another signing they made, they signed basically like when they signed. Well, what do you think
3: about Lockwood? Don't.
4: Sure, sure, sure. Sorry, Lockwood's a good skater. Lockwood's a good skater, and that's his strongest asset. And I think you know, I saw somebody say today that he's exactly what you want out of a fourth line forward in today's NHL. Skates well, like like you said, he's got that tenacity. Like I'm excited to see what this kid can do for sure. And yeah, that's going to be at the AHL level next year.
3: But I think he also he can play center and wing as well. Okay, both of these guys can. Yeah, that's news to me. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) he was all you know captain of michigan that's a pretty big deal in the states in Hmm. ncaa hockey captaining michigan the wolverines that's a huge hockey team uh the fact that he was there and he comes out of his senior year it's like it's not like he could even return i guess because he can't he could have returned for his fifth year right i guess he can do that in the ncaa oh maybe yeah unless he had an extra year no he didn't play high school so yeah uh he so yeah this would have been his last year michigan it's his fourth year could have played one more i guess for five but you know fourth years you're going to come out if you have an opportunity to jump into pro he's going to I can't wait to talk about this guy next year with Corey Hergott because I think that he's going to be an exciting player at the Utica Comets level. Uh, I got AHL TV for Nikolai Goldobin this year. Maybe I'll do it next year just simply for Will Lockwood because I want to see him run around. If he can get the confidence like we saw Cole Lynn get the confidence of. Will Lockwood's an older guy. He's just finished fourth year of college. He's not like Cole Lynn coming in as an 18, 19-year-old kid and jumping into this league where you're playing against men. Like, Will Lockwood's a little bit older. He's gotten a little bit bigger in the four years. That's why I think he's going to be impactful at the AHL level.
4: Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. I'm, I'm very excited to see this kid play. But you know who I'm a little bit more excited to see play? Mm. Is the guy the Canucks signed today. Really, he becomes their best center prospect. Do you disagree? Like, at the center position, I'd say Mark Michaelis, Mike, Mike Michaelis, Mike... Michaelis, Michaelis, okay. Yeah. Mark Michaelis is the guy we're talking about. Um, that's how you say his name. Yeah. And I think you know, I I I think he is the best center prospect in their organization now. You know, they got rid of Tyler Madden and they bring this guy in, and you know, this guy's a top ten
3: finalist for the Hobie Baker Award. You know who wasn't Tyler Madden? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I was looking at the list. Today. I was like, oh, I wonder if you can see the ranks because when you voted for them to get to the finalists, you would see how they were ranked. Um, and Tyler Madden, I guess, didn't. There's no way, because Tyler Madden was, like, ranked third maybe Yeah, when and got Canucks traded. fans were
4: all voting for him. When you're part of an NHL organization <laughs> yeah. and it's fan voting to decide it, it's like, come so, on. So,
3: yeah, I was kind of curious, but Tyler Madden wasn't in the top ten, though. Maybe he didn't. because of his injury? Possibly, or maybe he just fell off like crazy. And after he got traded from the Canucks, nobody voted for him nobody anymore. Nobody voted for so, him. <laughs> so Michaelis, uh, Michaelis got in, um, which I'm really trying really hard to not say Michael Michaelis because I feel Michael like that Michaelis. would be the best name and I would love for that to be his actual name <laughs> uh but he captained the Minnesota State Mavericks I believe is what they're called yeah looking for help here no no you're not getting so he, none from me captain let's call him the Mavericks the Minnesota's, Minnesota State Mavericks uh this year 20 goals 24 assists 44 points in 31 games that's impressive this is another player that plays center and wing so you want these type of guys in your organization. You want these type of guys on the Utica Comets because the Utica Comets, the one thing that they lack is centers. They have a lot of great wingers. I don't know how many of them are going to be back next year. My boy Goldie's already back in Russia, yeah. so he ain't coming back. <laughs> he ain't coming back to the Comets next year, unfortunately. Free Goldie is dead, folks. Um, he If he's going to go to the K or maybe get another shot with the NHL team, we can have a full episode on that in the offseason at some point here. But, yeah, he's another center that can come help out this team, you know, Maybe him or Lockwood ends up playing with a guy like Cole Lind. Maybe Rebouché is going to stay around in Unico, play with him. Like they have some wingers. It's ben Berchi is going to find himself down there. Unico Comets are going to be a good team again next year. And uh, as, you, as you heard us talk about with Brogan Rafferty earlier in here, the team is a lot of fun this season. But I like Michaelis. I like the idea of him coming in. I'm going to be 100% honest. I haven't seen much of his games. I might have watched him play, like as I was watching Canucks yeah, prospects by accident. By accident <laughs> I might have watched him. He might have scored a goal or two that. You know, I just didn't really pay attention to you, but I'm definitely gonna have to go back and uh, look more at him. And since this is the big news I'm gonna have to do that uh, since there's no other hockey to watch so yep. it's gonna be watching a lot of uh, Minnesota what I believe Mavericks hockey a little <laughs> bit but what do you like about him he's been a captain for the last two years again that's, yeah
4: that's something I like about him is that he another captain this is what we're looking at and again another guy who's a strong skater like you know I obviously haven't watched him play but I'm reading all these reports and you know getting um, getting info from good people i trust when it comes to scouts like
3: they well, uh... i felt like a fool because i turned in i tuned into jd burke this morning instead of uh instead of jim benning live on Sportsman. <laughs> I, I like to listen to jd burke's hits uh you know he's he's a friend of the show he's a guy who helps us a lot with prospects with information uh, so i tune into him normally every friday morning and then they happen to have uh, jim benning on Sportsman, so i had to listen to that back after instead so mm-hmm. uh, but yeah he was saying good things about michaelis
4: yeah, exactly. Jim Benning wasn't. Jim Benning doesn't know enough. No, no he kidding. doesn't. He was saying some good stuff. You know who
3: yo, Jim Benning gave a plug to? Our former editor, Ryan Beach. No, he d- did he really? Well, not really. He said that like like he said that like, the video analysis has gotten much better uh, in the Vancouver Canucks over the past couple of years. And it's like, yeah, because Ryan Beach is your video guy. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been a great addition to the organization, I think. Pretty sure he's the favorite edition, for, especially from Canucks Twitter. Because obviously we all know Ryan from uh, being the gift guy, which is now passed the torch to Cam Robinson. Yes, who said some vile things. If you didn't see in the uh, Canucks Twitter March Madness today, you know it's nice that Wyatt exposed him. You know, apparently Cam's a big Boston Bruins fan. Oh, all yeah. he's been doing with this no hockey is just simply watching that series of 2011 again. Like you hate to see it. It's nice that someone exposed Cam yeah, Robinson exactly. for the bad guy that he is. You know, because Cam Robinson's a bad person. <laughs> no, Cam is like, seriously one of the <laughs> nicest guys. He's almost as nice as Al Murdoch, which is saying something. And we lo- we have to get Cam back on the show here. I love Wyatt's strategy for the Canucks Twitter March Madness. It's just yeah. a bunch of fake
4: DMs. What did he do with Rob? Oh yeah, Rob loves Mark Messier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think Rob also- actually does
3: like Mark Messier though. <laughs> like it's not even that much. Yeah. I don't even think those were lies. The one that he put out.
4: And then, but then Rob. Uh, He's like, uh, Wyatt replied to the, uh, I love Mark Messier, by the way, or something. And, uh, he's like, Rob, what the hell? And he's like, I hate puppies too. <laughs> oh, no.
3: Oh, okay. You, let's touch on it before we uh, dive into riding the bus here, but, uh... I think you lost today, Quads. You made it to the Sweet Sixteen, but I think you've uh, you've been ousted. I didn't look. Did I lose? I think you lost. Last time I checked, you were uh, you're getting Blake Price out of this thing. It was
4: 60-40, and Blake Price was doing a show. He didn't have time to campaign. It was funny. <laughs> I uh
3: I I tweeted at him and I
4: said, Blake, don't campaign. I might have an actual chance at winning this. Ooh, uh, I'm looking at it right didn't. now.
3: Fifty nine percent. For Blake Price, 41%. And there's a minute left. Really. Tell you what, your Sweet 16 matchup is going to go a lot better than mine. I had to campaign a little bit harder uh, to beat Disco Stew, who, you know, we fought a good match together. Yep. Called me out on a few things. He did. I, I had a couple of decent memes I thought back at him. You did. Um, and we had a good match. All in all, we had some fun with it. And uh, I'm trying to do that with Rick Dollywall. So just so you guys know, I tweeted it out. Who got Rick Dollywall Aiden McDonough's information? I did. I got scoops, his information. So vote favor in the much madness (laughs) because I'm gonna. You lost what you got 41% of the vote. I'm probably gonna get like 14%. Not if we can help it. Well, Rick Dollywall is getting like, honestly, he's one of the best guys to follow. He probably is the most must follow. He is probably the guy who breaks the most Canucks news. How the heck am I supposed to keep up <laughs> with that guy? There's no chance. The only I just the only guy I'd be worried about more is Harmon, and I was supposed to run yeah. into Harmon if I win this oh one. So gosh. I'm not winning this one, but uh, Canucks convo listeners, please vote for me. I need all you guys to help. <laughs> I was going to go
4: up against JPAT if I got through this round, which oh, is just, okay. So you were screwed yeah, no matter what. Yeah, I'm screwed dying. either way anyways. Yeah. I'm,
3: I'm either up against Rick and if I win I'm against Harm. I just there's wanna, no chance.
4: I just want to read these replies to the to the tweet cuz like, you know, obviously everybody like you know, not everybody, but there's a good amount of people that are like, oh, I hate Blake Price. He's so negative. You know what it's we like-
3: haven't done on this show, like, a lot is mention people's tweets or, like, their names. I don't think in, like, the 70 plus episodes yeah. I've been doing, I've never, like, read tweets, but I'm why gonna read not? A tweet. It's I'm the off
4: season. I'm, I'm not even going to read who it's from, but I just want to say. Actually, I'm to skip that one. Okay. <laughs> Blake doesn't deserve a win versus Quads. Three likes, one of them by me. Thank you very much. <laughs> Blake's a joke quads all the way And then that one I liked but then I was like okay Blake sees that and then like you know Like I'm I, I don't I have anything against Blake Price I just want to beat him at Twitter March Madness yeah, true So that. I was like Blake's a good dude And is great at what he does but I appreciate the vote Nonetheless oh that's
3: soft quads you're supposed to be A well, killer mode man I'm not trying to I'm, Man you I'm can't be I'm digging up old DMs of me and Rick and I'm sending them out Rick not coming on the show when he <laughs> said he was Supposed to be scheduled for the show and me having To call you up as the backup guest In the early episodes I'm digging up every <laughs> I'm going all in to take down Rick Dollywall In the sweet 16 of the Canucks Twitter March Madness What if he stops giving you scoops <laughs> He doesn't give me scoops I give him scoops I went over this already <laughs> I gave him all of big his information Oh, he, give, he gives me scoops I don't have any scoops gives to give you him scoops. I'm going through DMs I got DMs with Rick I got some dirt on him already too Dude, well, wow. We've talked off air on the phone wow. I think before I interviewed him on here We talked for an hour And I got some info in my brain oh my Ready gosh. to drop it Is Rick wow. Dollywall really his name? Whoa! Find out
4: this is this is getting heated. Last one. Actually, no. I just want to finish it on
3: Blake's joke. Yeah, Quads don't be the swearing. That's on the sh- a great I can, one. I feel like there's some swearing. coming Yeah, there coming is in. some swearing coming. I'm happy so I, I haven't won't. had to bleep anything out this week. Yeah, we've been we've done a great job, Chris. You have. You know who else does a great job? <laughs> who? Corey Hergott. Oh yeah! Now it's time.
4: <laughs> now it's time for riding the bus with Corey Hergott. We're actually going to be continuing our list uh, after the break here. Um, Our list from last week We did 50 questions that remain From the Canucks 50th season Getting cut short in the middle of March And we're going to be answering the rest of those questions With Corey Hergott, the Utica based ones Coming up right now
1: McEwen into the goal, and he scores! What a play by Zach McEwen, who draws the Comets to within one. A little shimmy shape. with
4: a shot, and he scores! And now it's time for Riding the Bus. Corey, how you doing?
1: Doing well. How are you guys doing tonight?
4: Really good. We just wrapped up a great interview with Brogan Rafferty. And yeah, like found out he likes The Bachelor almost as much as I do. <laughs> nice. Actually, he probably likes it a little more than I do based on his answers to everything. Like, I was surprised. He really, uh, He really went off there.
1: I think the bachelors kind of a big thing down in uh in Utica with the Comets, with the younger guys. I think that's one of their uh one of their bonding things cuz I'm I'm pretty sure Cole Lind is uh pretty invested in it and, oh, and yeah. so is Mikey. So is Mikey Di Pietro from what I understand. So uh yeah, that's pretty cool that uh you know those guys are like I was saying off air there, it's good to, to you guys are showing a little bit of the human side of these guys. They're not just uh, hockey playing robots. these guys uh they've got a life away from the rink too, so it's kind of nice to put them on the similar playing field as the rest of us. They're uh, regular dudes away from the rink.
4: yeah, exactly. and like if the comments like The Bachelor, this is definitely the show for them to come on to for sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you know we gotta talk about Brogan Rafferty, obviously. he had a very impressive season this year. From what you saw in his year in Utica, do you think that he's able to make the team next year out of camp?
1: I do. I think, uh, I mean, I got, I'd got. have to put the caveat in here that we don't know who's going to be uh, available to the team once training camp rolls around. We could see uh, players moved out in trades or, or not brought, brought back uh, as restricted free agents or unrestricted free agents. So all that aside, I think the hockey player himself, I think... Uh, you know, Brogan Rafferty should be able to make the team out of camp next season. Uh, I think that he's got a really good shot at that. I, I think he's a guy that can come in and he can, you know, maybe work a second unit power play if they want him to do that, uh, or maybe kind of work him into that role as time goes on and uh, maybe somebody else falters off a little bit, or, you know, uh, sooner or later a guy like Alex Edler uh, won't be. Holding down that role, and maybe Rafferty's a guy that can get in there on that. But I think uh, with the work that he put in this year in Utica, his skating improved. Uh, he's a guy that uh, is not afraid to uh, make moves in the offensive zone. He's he's dangerous uh, offensively. Chris, you you pumped out the gifts this season on him. We we've all seen the we've seen him dangle around AHL defenders, and we know it won't be that easy for him to do at the Amer- or at the NHL level. But if he can at least bring a confidence to his game in the offensive zone uh, and be a guy that can contribute on that side of things, maybe not. Uh, maybe we don't count on Brogan Rafferty to be putting up numbers like Quinn Hughes has been putting up. But if he can provide some secondary offense while still being a capable defender in his own end, and, and that's an area that... Uh, has needed work this year. We've definitely seen improvement for him uh, on the defensive side of the puck. Um, so, yeah, I think he's made the improvements to put himself in a good position to make the team out of camp next year. I think he's earned it. I think he's a guy... Uh, You hear Travis Green talk about how uh, he likes players and and Jim Benning saying he likes players that, uh, you know, old school. They go down to the American League, they earn their their spot on the team and they come in and and they can do their thing. And and
3: I think that's kind of what we're seeing with with a guy like Rafferty. Yeah, I completely agree. And, you know, Corey, you mentioned it, like some of these plays that we saw, like if you were to look at the top 10 plays of the Utica Comets season, whether they be goals or not goals, you know, Brogan Rafferty's rushes up the ice are probably, definitely three or four of them are out there as some of the top plays. I mean, I, I asked him about it. Like, I asked him, you know, when you get going, it seems like you just you have the capability to you know, stick handle at the same time and use his speed to go through defenders. And he mentioned that it's because he he was a forward up until his teenage years, and then he had to move back to defenseman because he wasn't scoring so many goals. So I think that's where the hands are coming from a little bit. But do you want to just? You know, for people that didn't get to see all the rushes that we saw Brogan Rafferty do this year, like, I know that a lot of people saw the goals, but even, you know, I I tried to put the gifts out of the ones where he didn't end up scoring. Like, how often of an occurrence was that happening this year when he would just pick up the puck behind the net and it just seemed like he would just put his head up and take off?
1: Well, it's funny because you said, uh, probably three or four of the, of the team's top 10 plays would have been, would have involved Rafferty. And that's, as soon as you asked, that's the number that came into my head as well. I, I would say there was probably three or four of those, uh, of the team's top 10 plays were involved, uh, or involved, uh, Brogan Rafferty. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean he's a guy that, uh, like I said, his offensive instincts are, are very good. He's not a guy that's afraid to jump up into the rush. Uh, he's he has a uh, kind of a knack of finding lanes, uh, finding a, a soft spot where he can go to to receive the puck or a soft spot where he can put the puck for one of his uh, one of his forwards. Uh, it's not just about him scoring goals, like you said, Chris. Uh, there are a lot of plays that. Uh, that Brogan started, and and they didn't maybe end up in a in a in a goal for the team, but they were certainly exciting plays to watch. And and like I was saying, uh, with the offensive instincts that he brings to the table, I think that's a side of the game that uh, a lot of fans in Vancouver are going to enjoy watching from him. Yeah. Uh, I like I said, I don't know that you know a hundred percent of that offensive game will translate to the nhl level but he's a guy that i think can i think he's a guy that'll be a a, a fan favorite before too long in vancouver not necessarily like a like a pavel burry kind of fan favorite but a, a guy that uh, players are really gonna sort of get behind uh if he had a little bit more of a mean streak in him uh, i would kind of see a little bit of a kevin Bieksa type of game out of him um from what i've seen in the, over the past season in utica may, maybe not quite as physical as i say but uh, when bx first came in uh, to the nhl those the game that rafferty has played in utica this year it reminds me a lot of that
3: yeah totally and i guess you touched on like okay so we touched on like what we have saw a lot of him play this year where he brings the puck up the ice you know obviously that's one of his strengths but I wonder, like Corey, do you think that his strength is also on the power play interview? or do you think that's a lot to do with some of the players that surround him? Because he said it in the interview; he said he's got an NHL player with an NHL shot on both sides of him, and that's pretty easy to do on the power play to get up points. So I wonder, like, how much does he actually bring to a power play? Do you think?
1: Well, I, you you said it. I mean, and, and he said it as well. When you've got offensive weapons like Reed Boucher and and. Uh, Van Berchi and Justin Bailey guys like that in, in Utica who were you know able to pile up the points on the man advantage uh, you know that makes it a little easier for a guy like Brogan to, uh, to pick up points and a lot of his uh, a lot of Brogan's points this year have been secondary assists but at the same time you know, he's making those plays to, to make yep. those, uh, those goals happen, whether that's uh, a play that maybe he doesn't even get an assist on, but it's a play that he got things started. I do think that he could contribute to As I, I wouldn't want him to be the, you know, the number one guy in Vancouver on the power play. I think. Yeah, he won't.
3: We uh, got Quint Hughes.
1: <laughs> I, I think we know who, who's got that job, uh, <laughs> nailed down for the foreseeable future, but I do think that Brogan could be worked into that second unit, uh, you know, if he makes a team out of camp next year by the end of the season, I'd, I'd kind of like to see him. Maybe not a regular there, but at least a guy that's getting uh, some some good looks there. Uh, because you know, before too long, Alex Edler's deal is going to be yeah. is going to be up, and, and somebody's going to have to pick up that slack. and And I think Brogan has a chance to be that guy.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And Corey, uh, you were obviously at training camp. I was at training camp. Um, I was kind of just looking back at the tweets, and he was playing a little bit with uh, with Brisebois at the time. Uh, Do you remember much about him at training camp? Because that's something he talked about in the interview, is he thought he had a really good training camp and made a huge impact for a lot of the Canucks' uh, management to see.
1: Well, you mentioned him with Breezebois, and those two – here's the thing that I noticed in Utica this year. Uh, Brogan Rafferty's best hockey came in the first half of the season, uh, which is understandable. He's a college player. He's not used to the grind of a 76-game schedule. Uh, but the first half of the season, he was also paired up exclusively with Guillaume Brisebois, and those two played really, really well together, in my opinion. I, I saw those two, uh, you know, Brisebois had a bit of a, uh, you know, the defensive chops to uh, to allow Rafferty to get up and, and make the plays that he was making without uh, getting burned on the back end. Uh, they played really well together in their own end as well. So, uh, yeah, the, they they did play well together in training camp in vancouver and i think that just carried over into the season for them um i i don't want to suggest that the team would run with a, a third pairing next year of two rookies at the nhl level in breeze and, and rafferty but uh you know i think i don't think they could do uh i think they could do worse than having those two guys paired together at different times throughout uh throughout next season if breeze does get a look up in vancouver but yeah, uh, Rafferty definitely, I think he did open the eyes of a bunch of uh, management and scouts in Vancouver at training camp this year. I think they had a good idea of what they had in him. They scouted him. They signed him for a reason. But uh, I don't know that they necessarily thought that the offensive side of his game was going to be as strong as it was. And I think that's a side of his, uh, of his game that, uh, you know, if he can refine that a little bit more and bring it to the NHL level, it's going to be huge for him.
4: Two guys you're going to see next year, Corey, Will Lockwood and Mark Michaelis, both signed today. What do you think of them?
1: Well, Lockwood, I kind of figured we'd get him under contract Uh, eventually. It it kind of seemed like that was going to happen, at least in my eyes all the way along. I I know that there was some talk that he might end up, you know, becoming a free agent and going that route and maybe going somewhere else, but. you know he's a guy that I think will probably be uh, a useful player in Utica next year. Uh, I'm hoping he can stay healthy. He's got the wheels uh, that the team needs. They definitely are going to need uh, to keep bringing more speed to the table. That's the way that the uh, the pro game is, is has obviously gone. Uh, you know if you if you think about the the possibility of uh, Justin Bailey being back in Utica next year, and if you've got. Uh, if you've got another guy with wheels like Lockwood there who can maybe line up with him on the other side, and yes, maybe you try Cole Lind back in the middle there, that could be a pretty deadly line for, for the Comets next year. And Michaelis, or Michaelis, I'm not exactly sure how you pronounce his last name. Uh, he's not a guy that was really on my radar. I don't know a ton about him, but from what I've read, uh, a playmaking center, uh, you know, who makes players around him better, is, it was the quote from Jim Benning, and... and playmaking center is uh, <laughs> something that is, will always be a welcome addition in Utica uh, last season or this season I should say uh, as we know Lucas Yashik had to play the middle for the bulk of the year I think the last game of the season that he got to play this year he played back as a winger but uh, for the bulk of the year he was he was in the middle and that's not that's not really his wheelhouse uh, Francis Perron was used in the middle Tyler Graovac I think was the guy that they expected to uh, mm-hmm. kind of be be that guy this year but uh one you know he played six games got a call up got injured and came back and i'm not sure how many games he played uh when he came back but you know uh that's a guy that was there to be a playmaking center and they barely saw him. carter camper was brought in on the NHL deal he was a fantastic uh playmaking center for the Comets this year hope to see him back next year but uh you know, if he's not, you've got uh, you've got a guy there in Michaelis that, uh, you know, he could be uh, he could help guys like Colin put up points or guys like Lucas Yashik put up points or, or Jonah Gajewicz. Uh I'm all for having guys like that added to the system, add some more speed, add some more skill. I think, uh, you know, you got to keep replacing the depth as it goes out. There's going to be uh, a handful of guys that they're going to have to make decisions on in, in Utica going forward. Uh, Tyler Gray-O-Vax, uh an unrestricted free agent up front, uh, who else? Uh, Justin Bailey is a is a restricted free agent. Yeah, Francis is a restricted free agent. Goldobin's a restricted free agent. Boucher is a restricted free agent. So, I'd imagine we're going to see some of those guys back, but not all of them. So, having mm-hmm. these other two players come in, I think is uh, you know that's another way to help uh, restock and replenish the depth.
3: Yeah, most definitely, and that's kind of what you have to do almost every year with an AHL team. It seems like Corey and you know the Canucks they've they've hit pretty well. I think like obviously you are not going to hit. you're not going to hit 30%, but the Canucks have hit a pretty high percentage uh, on some of these college free agents that they've gone for. And I'm wondering, like, from the AHL perspective, I know that, you know, the players that you're going to be signing out of free agency as college free agents, that is, they aren't really guys that are going to come and impact your NHL team. But what you're hoping they're going to be able to do is develop at the AHL level. So I wonder, like, what is the spot? Like, I think that the center position, just looking at this Comets team, like Mark Michaelis is a great signing because they really need someone like that that can play center for them. I think that's the position of need. But do you do you differ at all? Do you think defense or somewhere on the wing with all these players going out? Like, who should the Canucks be targeting right now through college free agents?
1: Well, I think, uh, the center, center ice position is definitely continues to be an area of need. Um, like right now, uh, Michaelis or Michaelis, however we pronounce it, he's the only, he's the only center under contract, uh, for, the, for the Comets, uh, for next season. Uh, Wasey Hamilton is on America, is on an American League deal and his deal is, is expiring uh we mentioned Graovac. his deal is expiring john stevens is there uh he's in the last year of his american league deal uh carter campers in the last deal the uh, year of his american league deal so uh right now it's it's michaelis and it's uh, probably lucas yashik back in the middle uh wouldn't be surprised if hamilton's back wouldn't be surprised if they bring stevens back he had a good run with the team yeah. towards the end of the season but uh you know that's that's the way it is they that they definitely need help down the middle uh, if we look at their defense it's going to be interesting to see what happens there Rafferty might graduate I'd imagine uh, Jet Wu will make the team this year uh, Mitch Elliott will probably see more time on the right side but then what happens with uh, we've got Olio Levy Guillaume Brisebaugh, uh Jalen Chatfield uh, Chatfield and Brisebaugh both need new deals they're both restricted free agents Ashton Sautner's an unrestricted free agent so that back end could see a complete makeover uh before next season starts so or we could see a lot of the same guys back and, yeah. and the, the young guys could be fighting for spots yeah i would not be surprised to see Chatfield, field and Sautner all brought back yep. and if that's the case then you're gonna have uh, jet woo and you know maybe looking on the outside looking in and trying to figure out where he's gonna get his minutes
3: mm-hmm Well, Corey, there's maybe a new crop of names for you to mispronounce as we move into it. (laughs) But, uh, Corey, uh, before we wrap up, uh, tons of layoffs around every blog right now. It sucks for both of us. We're not going to be writing for Canucks Army. Uh, You're not going to be writing with Canucks Army either, but you are going to continue writing about the Utica Comets. Let people know where they can find that.
1: Uh, For now, just uh, my temporary home is going to be just uh, keep following my Twitter feed at Hergot C-O-R- Y-H-E-R-G-O-T-T. Um... I'm doing a little blog called riding the bus with Corey Hergott for now on a WordPress site. And, and that's where I'm going to be putting out my comments content for the foreseeable future until things get back up and going and we'll see what happens with Canucks army going forward.
3: Yep. Most definitely we will as well. Um, so thanks a lot for joining us, Corey. I, I guess that's a pretty original name you got there for the WordPress. Uh, so we'll wrap up riding the bus right here <laughs> and uh, yeah, stay safe, uh, stay indoors. How are you dealing with the social, social isolation so far?
1: Oh, it's the same old, same old for me, yeah, man. I've been uh, I've been self isolating since 2011, basically. <laughs> so uh, this is this is right in my wheelhouse. So, yeah, you're yeah, all practiced up. You're a veteran. Uh, everything's good in my world on that side of things.
3: Right, on, Corey. All right. Well, we'll do this again next week, and we'll get back to uh, some of the questions. But thanks for uh, chatting, Rafferty, with us this week.
1: All right, guys. Looking forward to hearing uh, that interview with Brogan. I'm sure it's going to be a dandy. You
3: betcha. All right. Talk to you next week, Corey.
1: Okay, guys.
4: Zephyr Epic is Canada's source for trading card games and sports cards. They ship free anywhere in Canada on orders over $50 before taxes. And Canucks Conversation podcast listeners can save $5 off their order with promo code CanucksConvo. That's all one word, promo code Canucks Convo. You can shop online or at their retail store located in Surrey. Once again, that was Zephyr Epic. You can follow them on social media to be part of monthly contests and ticket giveaways. Search Z-E-P-H-Y-R Epic on all platforms. And a huge thank you to Corey Hergott for joining us for riding the bus. Chris, what an episode this was.
3: Absolutely. That was a 100% good episode. Brogan Rafferty joining us. 35 plus minutes with the guy. What a dude. Comes on the show. Uh, you know, Chats Bachelor with you. You had a huge smile on your face throughout that conversation. Uh, and you know what? He's a confident kid. I liked uh, I liked what he brought to that conversation. You know, it was good to hear that. You know, he's he wants to make the team out of camp. That was the last question we asked him, I think. Uh, and it was kind of cool hearing the a few of the backstories about. Uh, you know, hearing that Reed Boucher maybe isn't the quiet guy we all think he yeah, is. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah, totally.
3: And no. you know, Corey got into the same kind of thing, and it was cool. This is like the Brogan Rafferty episode of Canucks. Yeah, exactly. I think that's what the title of the episode should be. I guess so.
4: <laughs> Anyways, do we have anything else to touch on?
3: Uh, no, not much. We're going to announce our, uh, our winners of the team triples on the Twitter account. That'll be, I don't know. You probably saw that last night. If you're listening to this on Saturday, uh, we're going to announce that for you guys. We're about to record a Patreon episode, uh, favor and quad shooting it, uh, is what we call it here because we don't swear on this podcast. Uh, but we do swear on the Patreon. If you want to hear that, come on over to the Patreon. Uh, you can find it at patreon.com slash Canucks combo. $5. dollars will get you all the bonus content. $10. dollars will get you into the hero tier and folks, you want to be in the hero tier. Take my word for it. All right. Uh, that's all I really got this week, quads. Uh, yeah. We'll wrap it up there. Yeah, lots of Brogan Rafferty talk. And we have some more fun stuff planned. I have a Patreon episode that I'm not even telling you what we're doing. And we're going to do that next week. It's going to surprise you. But I think we're going to have some fun with it. Uh, we got some more questions to answer next week. So we have some more content coming. We're working on some more interviews. But this was an awesome one with Brogan Rafferty. So that's why we kind of focused the episode on it.
4: Yeah, it was a fun episode for sure. Uh please remember to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Definitely helps us quite a bit. Uh, And I think that's all we got. So for Chris Faber, my name is David Guadrelli, and you have been listening to the Canucks Conversation.